The gospel lesson for this morning comes to us from the gospel of Mark, the first chapter, beginning with verse 9. So listen for what the Spirit is saying to the church. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the Spirit descending like a dove on him. And a voice came from heaven and said, You are my Son, the Beloved. With you I am well pleased. And then the Spirit immediately drove him out into the wilderness. And he was in the wilderness for 40 days, tempted by Satan. And he was with the wild beasts, and the angels waited on him. This, too, is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Will you pray with me? Come, Holy Spirit, heavenly dove, with all your quickening powers. Come shed abroad a Savior's love that it may kindle ours. And may your Spirit descend here now to mold us, shape us, comfort us, and challenge us as we venture forth in your world as disciples of Jesus, in whose name we pray. Amen. My dear friend and preaching mentor, Tom, loves to tell the story about Alexander the Great. Harold Lamb described it in his book on the life of Alexander the Great. He tells the story about how Alexander the Great's army had been marching across Asia Minor, conquering land after land until one day they emerged from a forest and suddenly before them was a giant mountain range. It was the Himalayas, but they didn't know that. And his officers, as the account goes, rushed back to their stations and looked at their maps to figure out the name of the mountains before them. And to their horror, they had marched clean off the map. And for the first time in their lives, they faced an enemy that made them afraid. Do you know what that enemy was? The unknown. And at that moment, his troops wanted nothing more to retreat, but Alexander gathered his army together and said, every army is tempted to stay within the neat confines of the known. It's easier that way. But a great army, he says, will always march off the map because there are always new things, new worlds, new places to discover. Maybe none of us here today have conquered a continent. But isn't it true that life is a series of experiences where we march off the map? I remember the first time I moved away from home, I was intentionally marching off the map, going to college in North Carolina to a school that lost last night that will remain nameless. (laughs) But it was a long way from the flat prairies and open skies of Kansas. 
And I was so excited to be in a new place with all kinds of new opportunities, but it was also disorienting and scary. There were tons of unknown moments, wilderness experiences that first year, but sometimes it's the small ones that stand out. So I got to bring my car to college, which was a big deal, and I was driving to the grocery store for snacks for my dorm for the very first time by myself. And there was a sign on the highway that said that the grocery store was at this particular exit. But I have to tell you that I was afraid to take that highway exit because there were so many trees in North Carolina that I couldn't see past the exit to know that there was a grocery store or any store off the highway. And I realized that I had been living my whole life never having to trust those highway signs. Because in Kansas, when you approach an exit, you can see every store you could possibly want to go to. But not in North Carolina. Like Alexander's armies, we encounter all of these moments, sometimes really small, sometimes monumental, where we have to brave the unknown. And as uncomfortable as it may be, facing the unknown is just part of life. It's true when you go to a new school and you have to figure out where to sit in the lunchroom. It's true when you get married and you commit your life to someone, not really knowing how you or the other person is going to change over time. It's true when you have a child and after two days in the hospital, they just let you take this tiny, vulnerable human home with you and tell you you're responsible for it for the rest of your life. It's true when you start a new job and when you join a new church. It's true when you receive a diagnosis that changes what you thought life was going to look like or when you lose a loved one and have to find your bearings. Every single one of the top 10 stressors in the world are moments where we have to march off the map and face a new unknown future. And I've been thinking about this issue of the unknown a lot because there are a lot of unknowns coming at us in 2024. We don't know who our president will be next year, or if our democracy will hold, or if the world will be at war. We also don't know in our own lives if someone will get sick, or a new job opportunity will come our way, or whether you'll get into the college of your dreams, there's even unknowns about the church's future. What kind of space are we going to need for all of the programs and events and activities going on in the life of the church today? How is the neighborhood around us shifting and changing as new construction happens and new people move into the neighborhood? Will the gifts of our new members this morning open the door for a new partnership or mission that we haven't even dreamed of yet? There is so much that is unknown, and it can be scary. You see, the fear of the unknown is a powerful force, one that causes even great armies to pause and tremble and want to retreat. But the fear of the unknown also opens the door so that we can ask, where is God in these moments of uncertainty and possibility? Enter the Holy Spirit. 
You see, the Spirit has this incredible ability to both comfort us as we face the unknown and call us, in fact, sometimes even push us into these wilderness adventures where we're challenged and changed. It's my experience that despite all the doves we now know are around our sanctuary, as Presbyterians, we don't like to talk about the Holy Spirit very much. The dove that led us into worship this morning has been safely locked in the women's robing room closet for about three years now. You see, letting the Spirit loose comes with risk. We can study and read in our Bibles and conceptualize the idea of a God that is big and out there. We can visualize in our mind the face of Jesus the Christ, God made flesh. But the Spirit is harder to pin down. And yet this morning, we get this reminder that the Holy Spirit is a powerful force, a sustaining breath in the midst of these key transitional unknown moments in life. And we know this from the Spirit's presence with Jesus. In Mark's gospel, we get the image of the Spirit as a dove descending from above, offering blessing and peace as Jesus is baptized. The Spirit shows up in that moment to remind Jesus who he is and whose he is. And the Spirit surrounds Jesus when he hears those words of blessing, you are my son, the beloved, in whom I am well pleased. And a lot of times we stop our scripture reading there And we settle into the idea of the Spirit as a source of comfort. But did you hear the reading in Mark this morning? It says, immediately after Jesus is baptized, the Holy Spirit drove Jesus into the wilderness. God's Spirit pushed Jesus out into the unknown, marched Jesus right off the map. Surely this isn't the same spirit that descends like a dove, because this spirit sounds wild and free. It doesn't keep us where we're comfortable and sometimes disrupts and casts us forth to face the unknown and be changed. According to Scripture, those 40 days of temptation weren't easy for Jesus. But Scripture also says that it was in that time that Jesus clarified who he was and what he was called to do. And Jesus learned during that wilderness time to trust the provision of God, made known in the care of angels all around him. The Spirit was that driving force sending Jesus out into the unknown so that Jesus could be shaped and formed for ministry. And through that time, Jesus taught all of us to trust that that spirit is as close as our very breath, even when we are called forth into the new unplaces, unknown places in our own lives. So it turns out that perhaps the spirit is both a sacred comforting presence and a driving force. The spirit both calls us to the important work of bearing Christ's love in unknown places 
and promises to be near us, as near as our breath along the way. It would be easy for us to simply celebrate all of the things that the Holy Spirit does among us in this place. At the end of worship today, you'll get the annual report and you can see example after example of the ways that the Spirit, like a dove, rests here and helps us remember that we are all God's beloved. This congregation does an incredible job of comforting and caring for one another through all of life's unknowns, and that is the Holy Spirit at work among us. But our understanding of the Spirit is incomplete if we limit the Spirit's reach to simply blessing us and keeping us comfortable. So the question is, how is the Spirit blessing us and calling us forth? How can we remember that we are Christ's own and be pushed out of our comfort zones into new places and spaces to share God's love? Your session recently wrestled with one of these marching off the map moments. We were challenged by one of you to consider a more intentional and purposeful response to our Jewish neighbors who are hurting after the terrorist attack on October 7th. And we had done some things here. We had prayed in our worship services over the past months for Israel and for Gaza. We donated money to Presbyterian Disaster Assistance, who's working on the ground in the Middle East. But all of those actions are fairly safe, things we can do without having to encounter our neighbors who are struggling and in pain and facing untold acts of anti-Semitism and Islamophobia in this country. In conversation at last month's session meeting, your elders wrestled with that question and voiced a desire to march off the map by reaching out and getting to know our neighbors at Sheriff Israel better, and by exploring opportunities for relationships with Muslim neighbors who we don't know at all. It was not an easy conversation. It's easier to stay in our safe bubble than navigate a conflict that is far from two-sided or clear-cut. Venturing into the unknown, even with the Spirit's guidance, is messy, and uncertain, and I can't guarantee that we are going to get it right. But it felt as if the Spirit was calling us into the unknown to pursue new relationships, interfaith relationships, with greater purpose and intentionality. Our Jewish neighbors are grieving and in pain. Our Muslim neighbors are as well. Knowing our neighbors are hurting, I can't help but believe that the spirit that feels so present here in the love of this place might be marching us off the map to encounter the other. There are lots of unknowns in this world, and that unknown can paralyze us with fear, or we can trust that the same Holy Spirit that sent Jesus into the wilderness and cared for him there might march us off the map to discover that the God who loves us 
goes with us out into the world and loves those that we have yet to meet. May it be so. Amen.